was so cheerful, Lee. Thank you for that. Good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more we know joining us online. It's good to be together in God's house. Uh, my name is James Howell. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot. Good morning. It's so good to be in worship with you. As always, we want to invite you to let us know that you're here, whether that's using uh, the pew pads or um, letting us know online that you're worshiping with us so we can be in contact with you. Uh, we know that fall is around the corner. We're getting ready to start a new season in our lives with school starting, which means it's also a new season in the church. So we encourage you to check out this week. There are so many opportunities for you to get deeper connected with the life of our church. And we encourage you to figure out what that means for you whether it's a daytime group or a nighttime group. So um, please consider that as we continue on in worship together.
church, let us continue to celebrate that shared foundation as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. it is our privilege of the service to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Hannah and Will Lester bring their son, Elliot James, for the sacrament this morning. Doing the baptism will be uh, his grandfather, Reverend David Griebner, if you'd come forward. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess his faith openly and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you pro proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in a way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit, and he calls on his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. 
pour out your Holy Spirit and bless this gift of water in he who receives it to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in your final victory. All praise to eternal Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> as a church family, this is a beautiful moment for us to also remember that we are a part of these same baptismal waters, which means that even in our brokenness, we are beloved and we are included. So let us remember that as we confess our sins together. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The epistle reading is Romans chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him.
For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Doug, for that reading. Uh, Thursday afternoon, I, I pretty much had this sermon uh, worked out before I went on my bike ride. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, and the way the sermon I had worked out goes is uh, I, uh, this passage, uh, I don't know if it uh, gives me a happy memory or PTSD, uh, when I moved to my freshman dormitory, uh, my roommate got there first. I came to decorate. I had a Led Zeppelin poster. I had a Rolling Stones poster. I had a Black Light poster. My roommate had beaten me there, and his girlfriend had cross-stitched this Bible passage. A Bible passage. I'm a freshman college guy. And the, it's funny. The Bible passage uh, said, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. Kind of made my Led Zeppelin poster look bad. I don't know what she was saying. Was she saying, oh, you boys better behave here during your freshman year? I wasn't sure. The Revised Standard Version, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Starting a new series tomorrow. I hope you'll subscribe to my emails and other stuff that'll come out. It's called How to Be Spiritual. <laughs> And I don't know, but uh, the being spiritual isn't like a nice add-on to your life in the world, and it helps you be more successful in the world, and it helps you to be happier in this world. It's an alternate world. It, 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 it's about being a little bit of a misfit. Flannery O'Connor said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. I like that. The truth shall make you odd. Do not be conformed to this world. We're such conformists aren't we? And in the sermon that I had uh, hatched by Thursday, I pondered uh, for a bit. Uh, the moment here where Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I mean, in the wake of the Roe versus Wade overturning, there's a lot of talk about bodies. You know, does someone legislate somebody else's bodies? Do we have control over our own bodies? Paul would say, your body belongs to God. Your body is for God. What you do with your body is a piece of your faith with God. It's between you and God, watch your bodies. Uh, who is God anyway? The God of this passage isn't, you know, your valet to do your bidding. It's not a genie to grant your wishes. Not a protective uh, bubble. It's not a distant God. It's not a God who's got rules and gets angry if you don't keep the rules. Uh, Romans chapter 12. I did some very serious research this week, and I discovered that Romans chapter 12 comes right after Romans chapters 1 through 11. That's a are y'all awake out there? Help! You gotta gotta work with me. Brilliant discovery that I made, and what Romans chapters one through eleven tell you about is the mercy of God at length. The mercy of God. I've been trying to think a lot about mercy. My kids um, always ask me, Dad, are you ever gonna get a tattoo? If I get a tattoo, 
it's going to be the word mercy. Because I'm somebody, like, I need to remember that all the time. I need, when I'm just wandering around, to look down and think, oh, yeah, mercy. God has mercy. I can be merciful. I can be merciful on myself. I can be merciful to other people. Romans 12 isn't saying you better behave, you better follow the rules, but rather, since God is this merciful, what kind of life makes sense if God is so merciful? I love that. Uh, there was another piece in my sermon about time, what to do with your time, my How to Be Spiritual series is going to be a lot about time, how you got to stop, you got to be quiet for a while if you want to be spiritual, and so on, uh, et, et cetera. So what happened on my bike on Thursday, this is really interesting, this is the second straight week that my, my sermon writing has been interrupted by a bicycle ride. I think I have a biker ministry now, clearly. I was on my bicycle, and I was noticing yard signs that are kind of school spirit signs. You know, like, a Viking lives here, or an honor student from Shamrock lives here. You know, these signs that you see around. And I'm kind of taking note of them. And then I saw one that, this is so interesting, it said, home of a saint. Home of a saint. It's actually from St. Anne's Catholic School, it turns out. But home of a saint. I wanted to go up and knock on the door and say, could the saint come out? I told this to a friend of mine from seminary. He said, that is some pressure on the people in that house. Like, home of a saint. I think about the old... Uh, Quaker question. You know, if you come to a Quaker and say, are you a Christian? The answer is, you'll have to ask my neighbor. Are you a Christian? You'll have to ask my neighbor. And that got me to thinking about this conformity, nonconformity, transformative thing. We are by nature conforming people. We conform to something, and maybe it's actually a good idea to be conformist. It depends on to whom you're conforming, right? If you conform to everything in the world and the cool people and whoever you see on TV that's good-looking or say or whatever, uh, don't, don't be a conformist. But, but if there's a saint to be seen, maybe conforming would be the transformative thing to do. And I wondered what it would be like to hang a sign on the outside of this church that would say, home of a saint, home of saints. Could somebody knock on the door and find saints in here? And the answer to this question is, of course. And I wanted to try to talk about a few. Uh, our church, as of this week, has a new lay leader named John Booth. Uh, John had enormous shoes to fill because Dick Carter was our lay leader for a very long time, a holy, wonderful, brilliant, wise, faithful Christian. But John, shocked to be asked. But he's always been a biblically wise person. He's been on mission trips. He was such a great leader when he was trustee chair. There's a saint stepping into the shoes of another saint. I think of somebody like uh, Linda Hawfield. We started this capital campaign for the building that's going up over here, and I called Linda and asked her if she would be um, the co-chair of the campaign. And Linda said, I've never raised five cents in my life. I said, you'll be perfect. And she was. I think about all kinds of people that just show up and do all kinds of things here. 
Liza Zop, Nancy Jacobs, we can name a bunch of them. Some of you are right here in front of me. They just come to stuff. They serve a meal over at Trinity's table on Thursday. They come and volunteer for this. They show up for the Habitat bills. They just show up and do stuff. Had a funeral the other day for Janet Bradshaw. If you don't think about a saint, uh, Janet was a rabid uh, uh, Tar Heel fan, and she married Bob, who was a deadly legacy serious Duke fan, and their marriage worked. It's a miracle. He'd be embarrassed for me to say his name. Jerry Brady is ushering back there. Jerry's done this for years, at multiple services, quietly, needing no attention. On Christmas Eve, he comes and ushers all of our services. Absolutely amazing. Rick McGee. Rick is a guy, I came to him and asked if he would chair our building committee. And Rick said, I don't think we need a building. And I said, you'd be perfect. And he agreed to do it and has put in endless hours. And why does Rick do this? It's because he loves our church, he loves our ministry, he loves God. He wants to see you thrive and do amazing things. Speaking of uh, youth, I had the great, great privilege uh, back in June to take our high school seniors to the Holy Land. I tell people that and they go, oh, that must have been terrible. No, it was one of the great gifts of my life to be with those seniors. They're absolutely remarkable. And I started to say they are saints in the making, but I think that's incorrect. They are already saints, and we've sent them out to various campuses over the past week and a half, and all I can say to those campuses is like, watch out, the hands and feet of Christ have shown up in this place. It'll never be the same. I talked to a mom the other day who tirelessly raises her children and cares for her aging parents. It may not be tirelessly. She may actually be exhausted. She told me she does this because she loves them and she does it for God. It's a saint. Taylor was telling me the other day about uh, one of our young adults who has uh, suffered more than anybody should have to suffer at this point in time. And this young adult can so eloquently speak of what the resurrection of Jesus um, means to them and how it gives them hope, joy. It's a beautiful thing. There are people who write big checks to the church. I don't mean big in volume, but big for them. For them, the check they write to the church is big. It really matters. That's a saint. We have people that work for the vulnerable in society instead of politicizing it. They work for the vulnerable. They stand with the vulnerable in society. Those are saints. We have people every year, instead of going on a vacation to Jackson Hole or Paris, they come with us to some desolate place and get their hands dirty out in the heat. That's, uh, that's a saint. I saw some little children with a family the other day at McCree's place serving a meal. Those children are on their way to being a saint. What's interesting about all these people, and I can name 200 more, and you know them, and you may be them as well. These saints, not one of them would uh, hang that sign around their neck and say, I'm a saint. <laughs> They'd all say, who, me? Who, me? But I can tell you they're saints, so we're graced here to be able to go to church with people who are saints. We know how to conform to them because I'm their neighbor, and I know. And I think what all they, all they would say is something that was in this passage. I don't know if you noticed it, uh, it's, it's, it's in a hymn, it's one of my favorite uh, hymns. Um, 
Dr. Floyd, I was going to ask Evan Curry to sing with me because he's the big celebrity singer, but uh, Dr. Floyd, you'll do. Um, as I sing this hymn, I'd love for you to join with me. Uh, and it's, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, and here it comes. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath pro. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It was the plural that caught my attention in Romans 12 and in that hymn. It's not mercy. Forget the tattoo, I'll have to change it. It's plural, mercies. Plural. Morning by morning, new mercies. Because mercy is such, it's not just one thing, it's, it's so many things. You woke up this morning, <laughs> it's just mercy. You took a breath, you, you enjoyed that song. It's just God's mercy. The sun comes up. Some people would say that's science, and it is science, but it's also God's mercy. Sun came up again. I had a church member years ago. I preached a sermon on mercy. She did not like it. She came out of the back of the church. She put her finger on my face, and she said, everything I have, I've worked for and earned. And I thought, what a sad, sad life. Every breath we take is mercy. Somebody's been kind to you. Somebody gave you a chance. Somebody overlooked the stupidest thing you've ever done, and that may have just been yesterday. It's always something, somebody's kind. See these images through that web space telescope. The universe is so huge, but the God who is larger than all of that and made all of that, God sees you, God knows you, God counts the hairs, and God is, is, loves you, knows your thoughts, never lets you go. That God heals broken hearts. God sent Jesus, God, to be with us, to show us God's compassion, to show us the mercy, the mercies. There's so much beauty. We're still here. <laughs> There's something in us that dreams. There's something in us that just doesn't give up. There's something in us that knows that it's never over. This church I don't know what you think of it. When I woke here I, I, all week, I thought, this is God's mercy <laughs> all around us. To be part of such a church is God's mercy. To know that this is the home of saints, that is God's mercy.
So friends, it truly is because of those mercies of God that we can hear what Paul means when he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice to this God whose mercy is unending, unimaginably massive, tender, and so very good. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us go to God in prayer together. Loving and gracious God, we gather to worship today because we are loved by you and we seek to love you as you love us. Help us to also to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, as you love us. Open the eyes of our hearts and grant us courage so that we may journey with the brokenhearted and the downtrodden, those who cry out for help, for hope, and for healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for assurance in the midst of uncertainty. We pray for peace in the midst of conflict. We pray for understanding in the midst of divisions. As the world's rhetoric become more and more broken and harmful, may our hearts become all the more compassionate and may our words become all the more forgiving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for your church, your gift to us. In this place, we encounter hope. We receive grace. We receive your mercy. We embrace community, community given to us from you, a community set apart to give witness to the world, a community with imperfect people, yet we follow the one who offers perfect love. So may we open our arms to this love, your love, and in doing so, we may share such love, grace-filled love, with the world who thirsts for your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. So trusting in the assurances of the promises of God, we are able to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, as it's already been mentioned, the ministries of our church continues. And the kickoff Sunday will be just in two weeks' time. Uh, many of our post-summer back-to-school ministries are already starting, including our youth ministry. 
Uh, as the ushers come forward, we give you thanks for your continuous generosity and God's goodness that enables all the things that we do in the life of our church. So it is with great joy that we receive our morning tithes and offering.
Loving and gracious God, we offer our gifts to support Christ's mission and to share your mercy. Bless these gifts and use our energy for good purposes so the world will know your loving kindness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. lives and let them be. This is an opportunity for us to go forth from this place as God's saints, and we can do that with the power of God's mercy. Go now in peace. <laughs> 